Welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass with my fantabulous co-host, Angela Donadio, and we are continuing our discussion on the gift of human life this month. Last week, we looked at the real spiritual reasons behind the pro-abortion stance, and this week, we want to look at the chief arguments toward rights that people think that we have and discuss them biblically. The scripture for today's episode is taken from Psalm 82, verse 3, English Standard Version. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Angela, I think so often that when we think of rights, we think of self and the demands of our flesh, our wants. But here in this scripture, we are seeking the rights of others to be protected. That's right, Denise. It's just such a needed conversation we've been having this mm-hmm. month. And, you know, ironically, just today, uh, we were looking at an article where a dozen workers rescued an unwanted child from a storm drain in South Africa, and they saw this life as precious. Would you believe this baby still had her mm-hmm. umbilical cord attached, Denise? And they thought the baby was about three days old. And in an opinion piece by Ron Floyd on Fox News today, it said this, when it comes to these types of situations, we always give life the benefit of the doubt. Hmm. If someone is trapped in a building that has caught fire, firefighters don't stop and debate if the person is worth saving. They rush into the burning building, putting their own lives at risk to save the other. In fact, they would get in trouble if they didn't act. But when it comes to abortion, we suspend this sense of urgency to protect life. We turn it into a debate about when a life becomes worth saving. This logic falls apart quickly when you ask, what is the difference between a fully formed baby who is a few inches away inside the mother's womb and a three-day-old baby who is 20 feet underground in a storm drain? He goes on to continue to say, for me, there's only one clear choice in this debate. We must protect a life in all its forms and stages, from the womb all the way to the tomb. Life is inherently valuable. It is a holy gift from God. Oh, that is so good. You know, I think, I love how he's saying there, it is one clear choice. Mm. We must protect life in all its forms and stages. We could just end the show now. (laughs) Well, Christ demonstrated such perfect humility. He had rights he could have exercised. He's King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He had a right to judge us, but he sought to serve and lay down his life for others. Approaching the rights we have not as entitlements, but as privileges earned by the blood of those who laid down their lives to fight for our freedom and gave selflessly to form the Constitution and the Bill of Rights we are blessed to have, not so we can take away the freedom of an unborn child. That's true, Denise. You know, Denise, not all rights are alike. There are rights that God has given to man, and there are rights that man has begged for that do not please God. Yes. So as we have examined the definition of life this month, going further, another question is whether life is a political issue or a right. Does man have the right to define life or does the creator? So which right is right? Mm -hmm. Let's take a look through a biblical lens at the common misconceptions and statements concerning rights. So the first argument I think of is abortion is about women's rights. So a biblical response to that would be abortion is not about women's rights. Women have never been given the right to take human life. No one has. In fact, it is breaking one of the Ten Commandments that God has given. Genesis 9 verse 6 underscores this truth. 
Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Mm, So good, Denise. And you know, the second argument centers around the safety of women, that women will be harmed if we make abortion illegal. When people choose to disobey the law and murder innocent life within them, they have chosen to violate what is God's law first. But should we make it legal to murder in case someone would disobey it as a human law as well? God's laws are higher. The statement about safety is also a myth spread to try and make a case for abortion. According to the Campaign for Life Coalition, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, the co-founder of the National Abortion Rights Action League, admits that he and other abortion industry leaders invented figures to make the claim that thousands of women are dying annually from unsafe abortions. And now we're not saying that that does not happen and we know it does from time to time. But we've also discussed earlier in our podcast that there's also tremendous threat to the safety of women because of abortion and mm. and that we need to be talking about that as well. And that yes. needs to be something that women make an informed decision about, that they are harming their body, causing trauma, and actually putting their life in danger mm. having an abortion. And First Peter 2, verses 13 through 17 in the English Standard Version also underscores this veiling of the truth. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, but here's key, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God honor the emperor. Wow, there's a lot in that verse, isn't there? So good. And I love that you emphasized, you know, we can't use our freedom as a cover up Hmm. for evil. And that's really what has happened. Humanism is so pervasive and this approach to decisions being all about what man wants or demands is often a cover up for evil. If we make it a right, then it is right. Not so. I think whenever we strive so hard to make something a right, we are demonstrating that we have made that thing an idol. We become encamped with our demands and try to make it right in others' eyes. But still we have to bear the consequences for our actions. Innocent babies bear the consequence and never have a voice. And the women who believe the carefully couched lies that appeal to the flesh, they suffer for years. You know, Denise, that's so good. And I was just thinking about how we can make anything an idol in our own rights become an idol uh, mm. That that matters more to us than what God thinks about us. We go back to control. We talked about that earlier, where I want to control the outcome or control situations. But you know, anything that we choose to set up that takes precedence over God's word mm. and our relationship with Him becomes an idol, and that includes our own rights. We think that just because we live in America, well, I have the right. Well, I have the right. Well, I have the right. Well, as a Christian. We don't have rights. We surrender our rights Mm. and we yield our rights um, and say, God, you're in charge and you're in control. And so my rights have to be surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to what his word says about me. And I don't want anything to become an idol in my life, especially Mm. not my own rights to something. I have to constantly every day choose to take up a cross and and to die to my own flesh, which would always want its own way. And that's what idolatry is, is to elevate my own desires and my own way above God's. And so we all have that temptation and we can all choose 
not to yield to idolatry and to let God be in control. You know, you might be listening to this and think, come on, idols in modern day? <laughs> you know, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says that the message of the cross is foolishness to man. God's wisdom and His ways are so counter man's ways. And so I think that is where the issue comes into play is we just think according to the flesh. But if we're willing to accept this beautiful salvation, if you're listening today and you say, I've never heard any of this before, you know, that right now you can ask God to save you. Right now you can say, Lord, I receive your grace and help me, God. You know, it says in James 1 verse 5 that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Right now God can give us wisdom if we're open to laying down our idols, those things that we put above God's Word and saying, I want your way for my life, God. Mm -hmm. He died for us, and now we lay down our will, our way, and adopt His plans for our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, another common argument is the separation of church and state. This one drives me nuts, (laughs) because as a mom who home-educated my kids, people used to just, I heard this so much, and it really is so ignorant. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this thought that religion should not influence our laws. But the original intention behind the separation of religion and state was that the state would not impose and force a specific religion. This is why people fled religious persecution and founded our nation, you know, so that they didn't want it forced that they couldn't worship. So the founders of our nation feared God and our very constitution is written affected by a Christian faith. Our laws have always been affected by Christianity because we began as a Christian nation. Just as other nations are defined by their religion, we have been too, but we've lost a lot of ground. But still the argument that religion should not influence our laws is a dangerous shift. We see in Romans 13 verses 1 through 7, the English Standard Version, that God has the government serving Him. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval." For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Now, one thing about this scripture we see, though, is these authorities are under God. You know, a lot of times you have governments that don't choose to be under God. We've mm-hmm. even taken that out of, we're trying to take that out Some in our nation. Mm-hmm. You can't say under God. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is what our whole foundation was. I agree. That's really scary, Denise. And our whole government was founded on the value of life. It's basically ascribing value to human life when we choose abortion, which is a very dangerous moral issue. In fact, it harkens back to the civil rights issues and the slave trade, where some people's life value was expressed as a fraction of the worth of a human being. For example, three-eighths of a person. And so when when New York uh, passed this law recently, I was researching and reading quite a bit about it and, and the ramifications of this law. 
um, and, and what would happen because of it. And I love this quote that I read from Sarah Tell, who's a third-year law student. She said, the right to life isn't a woman's right or a man's right. It's a universal God-given natural right. It's the right that proves whatever government or people might say that we are all equal. True equality is not and will never be created by an executive, legislative body, or court. It is the inherent gift we have been given because we are created in God's image. To subordinate the right to life to a woman's power to choose undermines true equality. And I just don't think I could say it any better than that, Denise. So good. If we're going to fight for something, let's fight for equality. Mm. And when we're fighting for rights and it actually devalues the equality of another person, then we're going backwards. We're going backwards to a day where we determine who has value and who doesn't. And that's not a, that's not what we want to be defined by. Yes. We don't want our country to be defined by that. There's other countries defined by that currently as we speak. And that's not the, that's not who we are. Mm. You know, there's another argument that says women's lives are ruined by the inconvenience of an unwanted pregnancy. And I know this may sound harsh, but honestly, it's not about us. It's not about you. This life that we have is a gift from God. I think about you, Denise, mm. choosing adoption. And we have choices. And when anyone says that they are fighting for rights and equality, they're actually doing the opposite mm. if we choose abortion. And so the biblical response would be maybe from First John 3, 4, we could see that everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. So yes. we've said so much this month in our podcast, Denise, on this topic. And we hope that our listeners not only hear the truth of God's word and also the grace yes. of who God is, that he extends forgiveness and grace for all of us who maybe find ourselves feeling trapped, as we've talked about, or feeling hopeless in a situation that God always gives us hope and gives us um, ways to um, honor him in spite of our circumstances. Yes. And, you know, feel free to go and explore the blog for this podcast where you can uh, just follow the links. If you go to the blackandwhitepodcast.org, there's a tab there for blog as well. And there are free downloads that we want to offer resources to you to help guide you through this very difficult discussion. Thank you, Denise. Well, the raw truth is that truth is still an absolute. God is not unclear when it comes to the gift of life. The radical grace is even when right seems wrong in this upside-down world. God's grace can trump man's plans, and God can use us to save lives. And the real hope is that God is able to open our eyes to see and understand the spiritual dynamic at work around us if we will seek Him. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. (laughs) 